Welcome to the Moving to Florida show, guys. This is Mo, uh, and we have Mr. Judson Osmond here, and he's going to be on the hot seat today. What are we talking about? There we go, the, <laughs> the hot seat. I don't know, man. I just put you on the hot seat because right after you hit record, I said, hey, I want you to introduce this. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, cool. You, you I'll did do good, it. man. You did good. You killed it. <laughs> uh, no, this is, uh, again, you know, we we had a meeting recently where we were talking about ideas for the show and different things we could talk about. And, uh, you know, definitely the the cost of housing in Florida. I mean, obviously, it's not just Florida. It's everywhere that the housing prices are increasing. But uh I figured I'd come and talk to you guys a little bit about uh, house hacking or, uh, you know, how to live a little bit cheaper here in Florida. Some different ideas for you. Um, if you're if you're looking to rent cheaply, uh, probably not the show for you because we're going to talk again <laughs> about owning real estate, yep. not just uh, not just renting it, not just living here. Right. Uh, as realtors, unfortunately, guys, uh, we do have a little bit of a uh, <laughs> leaning towards owning real estate. Um, but, but also, you know, I will put a disclaimer out here. Uh, if you've, you know, if you're moving and you got a, a family with five or six kids, this might not be the right episode for you. Cause I don't have a whole lot for you that, that could work, uh, or, or not without at least some uncomfort, uh, some discomfort. Yeah. Um, some of the ideas I'm going to throw out here, maybe a little bit more, you know, something that will work for a young single person or a young couple or somebody that, that enjoys doing projects and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, what we were talking about is house hacking. Uh, I did not come up with that idea though. This is something I actually did in my twenties when I bought my first house. Uh, it was not here in Florida. It was in Louisiana. Um, but there's a few different things that you can do to, uh, to own a home a little more cost effectively. So with that, man, we'll get right to it. So your, tra your traditional house hack is going to be, um, buying something, not just a single family home, but a duplex, mm -hmm. think two units, because then you have some rental income coming in. Um, actually, anything from uh, one unit, of course, being a single family home, up to four units, which we would call a quadplex because mm -hmm. there's four of them. You can get traditional financing just like it is your primary residence, again, as long as you are going to live in it and it's your primary residence. Mm -hmm. So if it's a duplex, if it's a triplex, three units, or if it's a quad, you still get the same financing. You can do three and a half percent down FHA loan mm -hmm. or your, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, some of the lenders have a three percent down conventional loan mm -hmm. or even a five percent down if you've owned a home before. Uh, but still, that's that's a really low down payment considering this is ultimately an investment property and you're going to get rental income back from it. So, you know, this strategy might be a little tough in some of the more expensive markets where real estate's really expensive. Think somewhere, you know, like South Florida around Miami. Yeah, rents are going to be high, but the purchase price is going to be very high as well. Um, you get to places that are a little more rural or smaller population, your rents, though they're going to be lower, the purchase price is lower too, and it might help cover a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it depends. You're probably not going to get a situation unless you just really find a home run deal where it's absolutely covering a hundred, hundred percent of your, your monthly mortgage, but still you're going to be able to really subsidize your monthly payment by that, that with that rental that's coming in. And, uh, it, it's really not that tough, especially if you already live on the property. You know, if you've got one other unit that, that you're helping take care of, as long as you, you buy a nice property, you do a property inspection and make sure there's no gotchas out there. And as long as you screen your tenants really well, mm. it should be fine. I mean, I'm, I'm a newer landlord myself, I purchased a couple of rental properties last year and we did screen our tenants very well. We have fantastic tenants. They always pay early. Um, they don't complain much. You know, they don't, or I don't complain, maybe it's not the right word, but they don't, they don't bring, you know, have issues too much when they do. I mean, 
if there's a problem at the property, of course, we want to know about it. And you as a homeowner would want to know if there's something going on next door. Uh, so you want to take care of it, but it's really not too bad. And again, uh, you're probably not going to pay 100% of your mortgage with this, but where you might try to move into, um, you know, let's just use a, a $250,000 price point, for example. Um, you know, what's your mortgage going to be on that? Around $1,700, $1,800 a month versus, let's say, in that same market, if you can get a duplex for $325, your living arrangement's probably not going to be quite as nice as it would be in that $250,000 single family home. Maybe you only have, you know, a two bedroom, two bath. That's a thousand square foot instead of a instead of your three two single family home, that's a little bit bigger, um, but you're only you know when you're collecting let's say fourteen hundred dollars rent on that other side, but your payments twenty two hundred dollars a month, well you're only paying eight hundred bucks a month out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So you can see it's that's a thousand bucks a month cheaper, uh, and and don't double check my math there, guys, because I did just come up <laughs> with that off the top of my head. But you know there's just kind of rough numbers to give you an idea of, of what this might look like. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that traditional house hack where you buy a duplex, a triplex, a quadplex, that is one way. And hey, speaking of, if you only qualified for, let's say, that $250,000 home loan for that single family home, well, guess what? On that duplex or on that triplex, they're actually going to count the rental income that's coming in towards your income mm-hmm. on your debt to income ratio. So you actually can qualify for a more expensive purchase when you're looking at doing this as well. So um, that's one good way to do it. Okay. Cool. What if I just want a single family home, but give me in, uh, can I, can I, you know, rent a room out? You could rent a room out. That is actually the second way I've got down here. Mo, are you looking at my notes? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, rent, renting by the room. And this is actually what I did uh, when I was 23. I was a junior in college when I purchased my first home in Louisiana, but you know, I purchased it. It needed some work at the time. You know, we did a little bit of work, got it comfortable. I was a young, you know, young bachelor college student. And I went, Young well, I've got, two other, I've got two other bedrooms right here. And, you know, I was already living with roommates before. I don't see any reason not to continue that and make a little money on the side. And so that's exactly what I did. Um, so in this instance, that income didn't count towards my debt to income ratio, but I had already qualified for the home. I had already bought it, mm. you know, anyway, um, which, by the way, that was back just prior to the crash mm. several years ago uh, <laughs> when and that just shows you I was waiting tables at Outback and a full time uh, student in college. And they still and gave you a loan. Buy a house. And they still gave me a loan. That's right. Uh, with with a six and three quarter percent interest rate, by the way. Wow. So that that's... gives you a little perspective on our, our rates these days. Um, but yeah, so I, I rented out the two rooms. And I mean, this was a much lower price point. Uh, you know, it was, I think I paid $53,000 for the house back then. Um, not super expensive to live in North Louisiana. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was able to get like 350 bucks a month for one bedroom, 400 bucks for another bedroom. And my mortgage was only like 460 bucks a month. Yeah. So even though, you know, I was also responsible for the electric bill and the water bill and, you know, insurance, those different things month to month, you know, on average, I pretty much just broke even. I was living for free. Of course, uh, again, junior in college, I was spending all my money at the bar, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, you can do this here in Florida as well. So, um, a couple of thoughts on what you could do for this would be, you know, you don't want to just go out there and buy a three bedroom. I mean, it's going to help again, you rent those bedrooms out, it's going to subsidize it. So again, this is better for, you know, maybe a young couple that that's living together and they've got a couple extra spare bedrooms or, you know, a single person, something like that. It might be a better fit for them, but think a little bit bigger instead of, instead of just a three bedroom house, maybe look for a five bedroom. That way you got four roommates paying rent instead of just two. 
or, you know, there's a couple of different things you can look for when you're searching for a property too. And this is things that as an investor that I look for, let's say, you know, if I'm looking on MLS and I see a, a two bedroom house, but it's 1200 square foot, I bet there's a dining room there that I can enclose and make into a third bedroom mm-hmm. or, you know, same if it's a four bedroom house, but it's 3,500 square foot, there's some extra spaces there that we can turn into more bedrooms and make some more rental income from. So, you know, those are some of the things you can look for. I think a really good place for this strategy is like right here in central Florida, where we are again, a little more expensive, not as, a, not as expensive as, as South Florida, but a little bit more expensive than say the panhandle. But, but let's say, you know, we have a lot of, of young workers here that work at Disney world that work at universal studios in these places. And, uh, there are, there are roommate groups just for those people. There are roommate like Facebook groups for those people. They're always looking for a place. Yeah. Um, there are literally, you know, thousands of those employees that, that would love an opportunity like this. So that, that'd be a good, you know, fit for you. If you're looking at central Florida, um, reach out to me cause I'm already looking uh, at these type of properties for myself for investment. So, you know, I do see a lot of them that, that would be a good fit for this. And, uh, another strategy you could do for this too, could be maybe you just Airbnb some of the room. So you don't have a constant, the same roommate over and over, but, uh, if you got a, a bedroom that has a private bathroom and you can just put it up for, you know, 60, 70 bucks a night, you can make some cash flow that way too, you know, in the short term. And when, when you do want your privacy, you don't put it up as available, you know? So that's another way you could do this too. Yeah. Now with Airbnb, you just got to be careful um, because you may not be zoned for an Airbnb area. So just be careful on that. Uh, or your HOA does not allow Airbnb in that community. You definitely do have to be careful with that. And uh, though I will not claim to be an expert on this, uh, what, from what I've heard, um, even those HOAs that, that say you can't do it and, and those might be a little less so, but even the local municipalities that don't allow the Airbnb is more for if you're renting the whole unit when it's your primary residence and you're renting just a room within it. A lot of times you still can, uh, kind of slide by with that. You're not going to have any issues. So, okay. uh, again, you know, don't quote me on that. I'm not a lawyer, but this is just what I hear. <laughs> just uh, look at your covenants when you do get into the, your house. Uh, your HOA has rules and regulations. Look at your HOA. Model. Look at deed restrictions. If yep. there's deed restrictions, things like that. Yeah, you definitely want to be aware of it. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it is better to ask uh, forgiveness, not permission. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, well, so, so here's another one kind of in that same vein would be, you know, look for something that's got say an in-law suite. If it's got, you know, uh, an in-law suite with a separate entrance, um, that could be, if it's got its own little kitchenette or something, it could be uh, a regular rental where you have a roommate there, but you're not having to share bathroom or share kitchen or anything like that. You're not sharing common space with them, maybe just a spot in the driveway. Um, that way it's more of kind of a duplex situation, but a lot of single family homes will have that. They'll have a, uh, something with, you know, a little kitchenette, a little in-law suite built into right. it. Um, we are even seeing those speaking of, you know, we just recently did an episode on new construction. Mm. We're seeing some of these in new construction too. We're seeing, um, I've even seen new construction properties that have like two car garage on one side with a double driveway. And then on the opposite side of the the house, a one car garage, and there's a little in-law suite on that side. Right. And they're, they're literally building these new homes for multi-generational living. Yep. But Likewise, you could, you know, rent that site out to a tenant and have some some income to help cover your expenses there. Multi-gen are becoming very, very popular down here, especially with the home prices going up the way they are. Uh, so, you know, mom and dad come stay, stay with us. It'd be a, little, a lot cheaper and, you know, help out with the mortgage. 
Um, what about uh, garage apartments? Garage apartments are a thing too. Yeah, we see the, I'll give you a couple of examples here. Um, One of them would be, and I think this is where you're going, where you'll have like a two-story garage. So you've got the garage and then there's an apartment built in over it. Um, We're seeing that especially on the homes that have like the detached garage. So a lot of them, uh, we have that in the Horizon West area here, here in Winter Garden, Windermere. Um, where there will be, you know, there's the house and then it's alley access. The garage is on the rear, but it's separated. So like you have a little backyard and then the garage. And a lot of times they will have an apartment above those. It's like a little one bedroom or a studio apartment. Um, But yeah, those can, those can provide some rental income too. Those type of properties are getting a little bit more expensive, I think, because people do realize the income, but man, every once in a while, I will see one of those uh, properties come up for rent. One of those studio apartments Mm -hmm. Here in this area, they're getting fifteen hundred bucks a month for that. Yep, easy. It's Man. easy. It's e- <laughs> I, you, know, you mentioned Windermere and Winter Garden. I was in Lake Nona and I saw that all over the place. Garage apartments is a big thing out there because you know it's is part it? of the middle medical city, and you know how you have traveling nurses and things like that. They want to you know rent out for about a year or however long they are you know going to be helping out at one of the hospitals. They're the ones that are going to be renting it out. And if they're already professional nurses, doctors, whoever, you're going to get a solid person, you know, a solid tenant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? That brings up a good point. And I, I did think of it and then forgot to add it to my notes. But uh, that's another, you know, perspective tenant for you is those traveling nurses. They make killer money. And I mean, really, they're at the hospital most of the time. You know, those assignments are usually only, you know, anywhere from 30 days to six months. Um, but that could be there are websites out there that are made just uh, for, you know, to post uh, properties for travel nurses to stay in and they're willing to pay a solid amount because they don't want to sign a full year lease. A lot of times maybe they're not there long enough that it makes sense to put utilities in their name and stuff like that, but they're willing to pay good money for it. And that's going to be a good tenant because you know, they've already had background checks and all of that to, to even be able to work at the hospital. True. Yeah. Great point, Mo. So, uh, uh, speaking of, let's come back to the garage apartment because every once in a while we will see a property where, the garage has been converted into an apartment. Those are out there too. So that's going to be tough. Again, if you live in an HOA community, it's going to be tough, but maybe you find an older home that's already had this done or you find a home and and plan to build out that garage apartment yourself. Um, It it could be possible that that you could do that. Uh, Accessory dwelling units could be a thing as well. They're not as big of a thing as they are in, in Florida as they are in states like California. But accessory dwelling units are, are getting to be a thing too. You know, again, HOA communities make it a little tough. But if you've got something that doesn't have deed restrictions where you can uh, move a mobile home or a trailer onto the property or, you know, build, take, a, take a bigger storage building and build it out into a little apartment, uh, a tiny home, you know, all of those things could be possibilities too to, to supplement and help pay your mortgage so you're living a little bit cheaper here in Florida. Very true. Very true. And the other thing is in Florida, we don't have basements, so you can't have a basement apartment either. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) About the only area I know of in Florida that has uh, basements is right here in Claremont, where I live now. Uh, It's on a hill. There's still not a whole lot of them. (laughs) Uh, That's right. Yeah, it's cut into a hill. So usually it's a walkout basement uh, where it's kind of like a split level. But man, they're out here. They exist. Uh, well, hey, I, I do have one more for you. Um, this one is not for the faint of heart, uh, but this is kind of, in a sense, what I did, again, with my first home purchase in Louisiana. Um, it's not going to be cheaper on the front side, but ultimately, it's probably going to work out for you, and that would be the live-in flip. So oh. buy a home that already needs some work, but uh, you know, as long as you're comfortable living in a construction zone, 
you know, and especially if you're comfortable doing the work yourself um, over time, it, it can work out very, very beneficial. Um, you know, I've heard many stories of people, you know, buying a house for, for 250,000, putting 50 or a hundred into it over the couple of years while they live there and then turning around and selling it for 500. Um, guess what? If, if you do that and you make a hundred, 150 grand, because it was your primary residence for two years, you don't owe any taxes on that, on that, uh, gain that you made. Yep. So could be a great way. Like I said, it's not going to be the cheapest out of the gate. It's going to be a little tougher to get the right loans for it. But if you already got some money and you're willing to put in some work yourself, could be a great way to do it as well. Awesome. Awesome. Great hacks. Yeah, that's, that, that is house hacking. Um, again, as a, as a small time new investor and, uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do listen to the bigger po bigger pockets podcast. So I did not come up with any of these guys, with any of these ideas myself guys. <laughs> um, but it's stuff that stuff that I see every day. Yeah. And some of these strategies I'm interested in myself, even though I just purchased a new construction home, uh, half the time I'm like telling my wife, let's just go find a fixer upper and live in it for a little while, fix it up, you yeah. know? That's uh, making making a, a, a six figure income over a couple of years just living in a house and fixing it up it's, sounds like not too bad to me. It's kind of tough with a little one. It is tough with a little one, admittedly. <laughs> Dads keep banging on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, and that's why you know what I did give that disclaimer at the front at the front side of the show. If you you know if you got small children, if you got a family, uh, it's going to take a lot of love and understanding for them to to, to agree to probably any of these strategies. Um, but it can be done. Yep. So you know if if you're interested sure. in moving to Florida, but you, it, the budget's looking more and more tight, just wanted to give you guys some ideas that, that might help you make it happen. Awesome. You want to give, you want to go for the outro? <laughs> oh man, I don't have it pulled up. <laughs> no worries. I got it here. We want to hear from you. You can reach us at our moving to Florida show hotline by dropping a voicemail or giving us a, you know, a little text message at 407-900-5859. Also check out our blog at the moving to Florida show. If you'd like to connect with us, if you have any questions or you need a realtor in Florida, you can reach us at moving to Florida show at gmail.com or drop us a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Moving to Florida Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you like our content so that it will automatically download to your device and get you one step closer to moving to Florida.